Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, December 1st, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page XXIX in the doctor's opinion, reading the first full paragraph beginning with On the Other Hand. Today's readers are Reggie O. for the 12 Steps, Sherry KB for the 12 Traditions, Jody EQ, and Penny LC. The reference number for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, Thursday, November 30th, is 10741. That's 10,741. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is for December 1st, 2017 is 10744, that's 10,744. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Elaine. Uh, Good morning. This is Reggie O, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Reggie O. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive by Reader, The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service in our past. Thank you, Sherry KB. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study on the big book, of the big book on page XXIX in the doctor's opinion, the first full paragraph. And I will now ask Jody E.Q. to begin reading. Good morning, Elaine and everybody. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered today in California. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. So this is a single sentence, I'm just noticing. 
And the first part of it is that we have a psychic change. Once we have a psychic change, we become able to easily abstain. So what is this psychic change? On page 25, it says, we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. I think that's a pretty good definition of the psychic change. It's a kind of revolution of our whole attitude toward life. For me, what that looks like is I move from being self-centered to the extreme and I move out of that self-centeredness and I begin to think of others and I begin to be able to connect with and help others eventually. That's what it's been for me. Yes, we had so many problems. We were doomed. When we're in the food, we are doomed to an alcoholic death. And we're going down. We're going in a spiraling down, 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 down. But once we have this psychic change, that downward spiral stops and begins to go the other way. It begins to go up and up and up. For some of this, us, This is a sudden change, as it says in the appendix, spiritual experience. And for some of us, it's a gradual change. But if we follow these few simple rules, which are the steps, we will have this change. That is the great promise that this book gives us. If we work these 12 steps, if we abstain entirely from our alcoholic foods and behaviors, we too, any one of us, can have this psychic change. As I heard earlier on the earlier meeting today, um, even though I have had this psychic change, I can still uh, go back there if I do not, if I rest on my laurels. If I rest on my laurels, I can go back to that self-centered, self-seeking, self-obsessed place. It's almost like it's my default place. And I have to work daily to stay out of that. Where I go in my mind is to, oh, nobody likes me. I'm not good enough. Um, I'm I'm never going to make it. I'm not going to be successful, something like that. And when I'm at peace, and in the solution through working the 12 steps on a daily basis, I the promises, all the promises, the ninth step promises, the 10th step promises come true for me. Gentle reminder. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, psychic change, spiritual experience has occurred to those of us and will continue to occur for us when we work the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Jody E.Q. Who would like to comment on this powerful paragraph today? Sylvia. Sylvia. 
I heard Sylvia, Kathleen O, Gina, Terry H, Terry H, Lisa, Lisa S, and and Wendy M. Okay, great. Um, One more. Who just spoke up? I'm sorry. Okay, here's what I have. uh, Sylvia S, Kathleen O, Gina R, Terry H, Lisa S, and Wendy M, I believe it was. Please go ahead, Sylvia. Hi, this is Sylvia F, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in uh, San Francisco Bay. And always happy to be here with all of us visionaries. I'm just going to turn on my timer. This is one of my favorite passages because... It's, it's, it's giving, you know, we always hear the, uh, you can have uh, door number one or door number two, uh, what, are, what are you going to choose? And here, it's the paragraph before is saying, you know, we can live in doom and death and destruction and, you know, restless, irritable, discontented, unless we can, you know, get back into our addiction you know, and we're we're going to go through these sprees. It's we're always going to be remorseful. So it's describing the life that I lived before recovery. And then it says in the paragraph before it says, unless we have an entire psychic change, there's very little hope of this recovery. And so it's it's been describing for paragraphs about what it's like to live in our addiction, and that's what it was like for me. And I love the 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 gentleness and the humor of this on the other hand which always makes me laugh because it's like yeah we can do all of this and be miserable and uh and uh remorseful and self-loathing and uh wondering why we're separate and different from everybody else or we can be happy joys and free we can have neutrality and which are you going to choose so it says but it says here, it doesn't say, really, once you get abstinent. It says, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary that being required to follow a few simple rules. So, we don't get that psychic change unless we're abstinent. So I'm not minimizing that at all. We've got to put the plug in the jug and get abstinent. And then we have to, it says, if we want to control our desire, so we're not going to control our food, we're going to control our desire, we're going to get this neutrality, the only effort necessary, and that's the, that's the beauty of the big book. They give us very specific directions uh, irrefutable directions necessary being that required required to do what to follow a few simple rules is to work the steps this is why i love the big book it just tells us hey you want to be free of this put the food down do the steps and you can have freedom and neutrality and that's what i wanted and um and that's what i've gotten not every day of my life but a lot and with that i pass Thank you very much, Sylvia S. Kathleen O., you're up next, followed by Gina R. Good morning. Thank you. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And, oh, my gosh, I was so desperate and so doomed 
you know, I could not stop eating. And this psychic change that happens where the way I think, the way I um, act, the way I feel, well, how I used to think, it used to be all about me. You know, I was in my ego constantly. Um, I acted, I was control and manipulative. I controlling and manipulative. I was self-seeking and selfish. It all had to be about me. And, and of course, I felt miserable. I was miserable. And so what was my solution to all of that? It was to eat. And didn't help. I mean, it helped in, a mo- in the moment because I did like the, the effect it gave me. You know, it would give me a little bit of relief for a tiny little while. But then I'd have to keep chasing that feeling. So to come into 12-step recovery and, you know, I came in to lose weight. I didn't understand what 12 steps were about. I just saw people, you know, who were in normal sized bodies and they had, you know, been in much larger bodies and it's like, Oh, okay, well I want this. And, 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 you know, and I needed to follow a few simple, simple directions and that was working the steps and, and, you know, having dieted for so many decades and losing weight, but never being able to keep it off and and being just agitated and feeling horrible all the time. I mean, I couldn't wait to start eating again. And when I did, I still felt agitated and and horrible. Um, so, you know, to have the psychic change and and now it's like I can leave my ego at the door. You know, I don't have to have things my way. I don't have to control situations. You know, when when I'm um, Having an, having a problem where I'm agitated or doubtful, I just pause and ask God, you know, okay, what's the right, what's the next right direction? And so daily, daily, I have to stay connected with my higher power. Daily, I have to work these steps. And when we first work them, we do work them like our hair is on fire. But I need to do that all the time. I can't like rest on my laurels. I've done that before. And everything unravels really quickly. And daily, I need to be helping other people. And you know, and that's where the, the freedom and joy comes. And it, it, it is really just so amazing. And, um, you know, just follow those few simple directions. And, and it's, it's really is taking action. And sometimes it's not easy. But in the long run, it's easier than, than the other option I had. And thank you, I pass. Thank you very much, Kathleen O. Gina R., you're up next, followed by Terry H., Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. Um, I'm going to focus on required to follow a few simple rules. I was um, resistant to following rules. I did not want somebody telling me what to do. And in the big book, they it talks about alcoholics and addicts, food addicts. We are an undisciplined lot. And that described me to a T. What I came to understand was once I put down my alcoholic foods and opened up that channel or frequency where my higher power could actually get in, then I could submit myself to being disciplined and I don't want it to sound like I have got this all together I don't but I am able to follow a few simple rules and 
how I understand those today, they're they're basically the steps. And because my guide was um, recovered and understood how these steps work and she understood how to guide me through them, I had that necessary psychic change. And so I don't, I'm not fighting the food anymore. What What's happening for me now is I get to just live daily with my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and I get to put them through uh, the rubric of these 12 steps. And um, I had a, an odd experience this morning, which um, I was going to share. I think it's a spiritual experience. I was um, putting some dishes back into a dining room set that we recently re- refinished. And there's a lot of silver that I have decided to keep after our move here to Arizona. And a lot of it is tarnished. And so I got the old thing of right silver cream out, and it's all dried up and cakey. I put some water on it, reconstituted it, and I started cleaning up some of this silver. And you know what? It works. That elbow grease and applying that silver cream is getting that tarnish off, and it's bringing that that luster to life. And that's what God told me this morning is that's what will happen when you do these steps, but you have to do it on a daily basis. If you let the tarnish continue to build up, it's going to occlude and cloud over what I created you to be, which is a cherished person who's loved and is able to transmit love to others. So that's what the psychic change means to me. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Gina R. Terry H., you're up next, followed by Lisa F. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic anorexia in North Carolina. It's a beautiful day today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, once a psychic change has occurred. You know, for me, the psychic change um, for me was um, taking the actions to do things differently. Um, you know, in my disease, you know, there was nothing I could do to combat, you know, my eating disorder, my compulsive overeating and bulimia, you know, my self-knowledge, self-will. And, you know, working these steps and taking the steps, the simple steps, you know, working through that process with my sponsor, you know, it gave me an opportunity to have a spiritual experience with my higher power. And, uh, you know, once I had that and once I worked through those steps and learned that, you know, this is the process to recovery and this is what I need to do. And, you know, today, you know, I'm so willing to look at things differently. And that's the difference in me, the entire, you know, the entire psychic change. You know, it took away, you know, that um, desire to go to my foods and my food behaviors. You know, I, I don't fight with that today. I don't struggle with that today. You know, I, I work the steps to, you know, work to live life and, you know, to do things differently. You know, and today I go to my higher power and I seek, you know, that constant uh, contact with my higher power to help me make decisions in life, to help me to take the right actions or the right thoughts each and every day. I'm not perfect. Ego, ego definitely comes up. Sometimes I want to take the reins back. But, you know, I, I keep trying. 
And that's the difference today. You know, I, I have the tools, the simple steps, and, you know, I have the, the, the ability to take uh, action. And, you know, I really work hard in that in my life today and work in these steps. And I'm really grateful for that. You know, I don't isolate in my foods. I try to reach out and uh, be seen and be open. Um, I try to, you know, uh, work with others and share my experience, strength, and hope with other people. All that, all that is different, taking different actions and doing things differently. And, and, you know, my high, and with my higher power, being in all of that. And so, you know, that for me is, you know, my entire psychic change. I am a different person today as a result of working those steps, clearing the blocks, having a spiritual experience, and, you know, and living my life and continuing to carry the message. And I'm very grateful for that. Thanks. I pass. Thank you very much, Terry H. Lisa S., you're up next, followed by Wendy M. Hello, this is Lisa S. Uh, from Colorado. I'm a compulsive overeater, grateful to be part of this amazing visionary fellowship. Um, and I think what I would like to talk about is the psychic change um, and for me right now, that means really embracing surrender and surrendering to uh, the fact that I am a real compulsive overeater, that I um, seek that effect and that I always have, and that I'm powerless over that, surrendering um, and being willing, willing to believe, uh, willing to believe that that there is freedom, <laughs> willing to believe that this is a new day, that this is a new month. I'm so excited that this is December 1st and that I've been given the gift of working with all of you and um, given the gift of a business trip to Montreal that um, allowed me to go find someone that uh, is also a fellow visionary um, and today I'm willing to believe that I'm willing to let the sunlight of the spirit in. I'm willing to let go of all of my, you know, baggage. I'm willing to open my heart and um, gently do everything I can to remove those blocks and let this new month, this month of um, darkness, very, very dark, dark days, um, but this month of celebration of many different holidays, but this month of the year end, be something joyous and um, filled with the sunlight of the spirit. So thank you so much, visionaries. I love you. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. I pass. Thank you. Very Thank you, Lisa S., very much. Wendy M., you're up next. Uh, yes, good morning. This is Wendy M., recovered in Colorado, and I thank everybody on the line and moderator. Thank you for your service today. I have this morning, and it is such a gift. I just wanted to say that uh, my story is about a year and a half ago, maybe almost now. Um, 
in their eyes. All that Wendy, Wendy, you're oh, fading yeah. in and out just a little bit. Um, just well, wanted you to be aware of that. Thank you. Um, is this any better? Yes, that was, sounds better. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you. So um, long story short, uh, I got entirely abstinent, and um, within a day or two, I felt the psychic change. So I did have that sudden experience um, that something was new. And the only way I can describe it is God enters me all the time when I ask, when I lean in and and ask for God's um, help. And I found that it was easier to be entirely abstinent than it was ever to be in the food. Being in the food is doomed. Being in the food is likely to have unfortunate and inescapable outcome, the definition of doomed. It's ill-fated. Um, I'm going nowhere quickly. So if you are struggling on the line, um, just, like, trust me. <laughs> trust me. My experience is that it's easier to be entirely abstinent than it's to be in the food. And that's true of my defective character as well. You know, and the psychic change, here's how it works. Like a year ago, two years ago, I would have not understood when you mentioned the set-aside prayer, like just set aside what you think you know about your life, this book, God, food, whatever. And I get it. Like I get things now. I hear them. I'm reading a book differently than I ever read this book. I read this book for 15 years. I had no idea what it said. I'm reading it now. It's like it pops out. That's part of the entire psychic change. And another way that I've changed that's so dramatic is my defects and my resentments last very quickly because I have a, a plan, this book, these simple rules that tells me exactly what to do when I'm sitting in a resentment, when I'm sitting in a fear. So when I get to my part, that is the entire psychic change. I get freedom every time I look at my part. And I'm on to myself because I know if I'm sitting in that resentment with, with people, places, things, whatever, um, it feels awful. And I want to get to my maker as quickly as possible. And yesterday somebody said to me, oh, is it just you want to be lovable? Is that the problem? And I said, no, I don't care about being lovable. I just want to get to my maker. I just want to get to my source. I just want to get to my higher power. That is an entire psychic change. I no longer want to chase effects from outside things, right? I want to be with my maker at all times because when I'm with my maker, I am completely in bliss and I'm completely useful to other people, places, and things. And that is a huge and sudden psychic change. And finally, it says we continue for a lifetime. Thank God my defects come up hourly all the time. The difference is how do I treat it? How do I look at these things? And how can I learn, grow, look at my part, move on? And so it's my Gentleman. thinking. I literally thank you. I just um, so grateful for the shift that God has entered me. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you very much, Wendy M. We are reading page XXIX in the doctor's opinion. We're reading the first full paragraph and commenting on that paragraph. It begins with, on the other hand. Who would like to comment on that paragraph today? Carolyn. Reggie O. Carrie KB. Polly. Okay. Leslie W. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, trying to um, remember all the names that I heard, and I'm not remembering them. So I did get Carolyn. Uh, Sherry KB, Leslie W. Who else would like to say? Reggie O. 
Mary H. Okay. I Courtney got, B. Okay. I got um, Stephanie, Reggie O, Mary H, and Courtney B. Let's go with that for now. And um, so, Carolyn, um, <clears throat> is it S-H? Um, followed by Sherry KB. Please care, clarify your initials. I may not have gotten that right, Carolyn. <laughs> sure. This is Carolyn C. from Colorado. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for your service and everybody on the call today. Um, I'm Carolyn C., gratefully recovered for today in Colorado. And I wanted to talk about the psychic change also. Um, for me, it was not, you know, it was not a white light. It was not a major um, moment, but lots of little moments. And those little moments felt major. And I remember, you know, for sure a couple of days after putting the food down, noticing physical changes, noticing how food tasted differently and how I felt just on a daily basis um, was different. But there were just moments where I feel like God has guided me. Um, there have been moments where the food has called to me where um, maybe, like I remember one specific time where there was there was a, a food that I wasn't supposed to eat and I put a little bit in my mouth and I walked away and I had this big moment and I called my sponsor and I went through the steps and I didn't shame myself into the food Rather, I used the tools to understand deeper what was going on, and I felt stronger, and I was right back on track. And the next day, I went into work to my break room where I could have anything I want. Nobody pays attention. And there were two gigantic things just like this other thing from the day before. And frankly, no one would have cared if I sat in the break room and ate the whole thing myself. But there was, it did not call to me. I did not want it. And those moments, that's a God moment for me where I can better understand what's going on in the emotional, and there's some noise in the back, um, but where there's just this major emotional shift in terms of how I'm working the program and how God is guiding me to a different way of being in the world. And it's so beautiful. And um, for anyone who thinks that, you know, like the other, oh, the other thing I wanted to say real quick is that I, when these things were happening, you know, I'm such, I'm so used to this other way of being that I was like, oh, when is the other shoe going to drop? Clearly, this is just a momentary, you know, lapse of judgment, and I'm going to go back to my old way of being. And what I found is that that was also a gift from God, is that I was like, what if the other shoe doesn't drop? What if this is my new way of being? And what does it feel like to just accept the grace that I am being given for once in my life, accept that I am worthy of this grace? And... Um, this program has given me the opportunity to accept God's grace and to live a different life. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for every person that has helped me open my heart to God's love and guidance. And I hope that others who might be struggling or not Central sure if reminder. they can do this will, um, will just keep holding on, keep coming back, and uh, know that you're worth it. Thanks so much for letting me share and have a beautiful day. 
Thank you very much, Carolyn C. And um, to keep the line quiet, I will ask that everybody press star one to be, or make sure that they're muted, except Sherry KB. You're up now, and Leslie W., you, you will be right after Sherry. Good morning, Elaine. Again, good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Great for a recovered compulsive a reader. Thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And um, so glad to be on this line. Uh, so grateful. Um, you know, yesterday we read about the mental obsession and what it does to us and that we were doomed um, and that we had to succumb again and again and again the desire that which the desire is the mental obsession. And now we're at, on the other hand, and it's saying that once we have this psychic change, uh, the people that were doomed are no longer doomed, including myself and including a lot of people on these lines. And that is amazing to me because it's telling me that all of a sudden, you know, a, a problem I have been fighting all my life is going to be solved by just being following, you know, these specific simple rules. And what a concept. And, of course, my disease didn't want me to do this. Um, and, you know, it tried to convince me that I didn't need this, that all I needed to do was find a food plan, a diet that would work, and then everything else would be okay. But I didn't know that I had a living problem and not a food problem. Um, I was trying to solve my living problem with the food solution. And what I needed to do was find um, a solution in these steps and with a power greater than myself that I choose to call God. And, and what a psychic change that's happened and what hope I have. And I love that I feel sane, safe, and protected and abstinent around the food happily. Um, that is amazing to me. I would always hold my breath coming into these holidays, and, you know, today I don't do that. Um, I even know that I don't have to be face down in my emotions anymore either. I, I have a way out, you know, with a higher power with these steps. As long as I'm in the steps, living them and working them every day, that changes for me. And um, that gives me such hope and that it will continue because whenever I was in the food, it always got worse and worse and worse. And every time... I turn to my higher power and I do a 10 or 11th step or I'm being useful in 12, um, it gets better and better and better. And that's what it's telling me. And these are just the simple rules that I need to follow. Um, and they're just the 12 steps and getting a, unblocked so I can connect with a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity and live a happy life. It's not that I don't have problems. I still have problems. I have problems every day. But you know what? I know what to do with them. I have a spiritual toolkit that I pick up every day, and that's in steps 10, 11, and 12. And I just love this work, and I am so grateful because it gets better and better, and it can get better and better for you, too, with that I have. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Leslie W., you're up next, followed by Stephanie O. Thank you so much for your service. This is Leslie W., a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Um, <clears throat> On the other hand, as strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, uh, the very same person who seemed doomed, <clears throat> you know, I, I definitely felt like I was doomed in this disease. Um, and at first, the word psychic uh, or the word psychic change, it really, it really didn't um, appeal to me. Um, it kind of sounded like um, a hocus pocus, <laughs> just psychic change, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, and, and someone said to me, um, it's a personality change. 
And that really helped me understand that, okay, there's a shift. Once I have worked through these steps absently and have neutrality around the food, there is a shift in, in personality um, and a difference in the way that I did things before as compared to the way that I do things now. And it, it doesn't always look like I want it to, um, but or it doesn't always look like the way I think it should. Um, but that's okay. Um, I can let go and accept that, that, you know, I'm not in charge of the outcome anymore. Um, but for me, the biggest personality change that occurred was in the way that I respond um, when I'm when I'm confronted with an issue uh, that has to do with me. I mean, whenever whenever somebody would bring up something that I did or said or didn't do, especially my husband. Oh my gosh, I would just I I would just flip out. I mean, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle not being perfect. And um, the, the the beauty of this change for me is that today I can I can admit responsibility. I can be honest. When my husband says something to me like, you know, um, um, did you call so-and-so yesterday? Um, no, I forgot. You know, but instead of giving him all these reasons why I couldn't get to it, I just say, you know what, I'm sorry, I forgot, I messed up, I'll, I'll try again today. You know, it's like, it's just being honest, and it's just being real with people, and I don't think I could ever be real with people before. I just had this facade all the time, Um, and I wasn't really so much of a people pleaser as it was the fact that I just wanted to control. I wanted to control how people saw me. I wanted to control how other people behaved, and I wanted to control situations, circumstances, and outcomes, but that's um, 95% of the time. That's not the case today, and for that, I'm so grateful. Thanks for letting me share today. I pass. Thank you very much, uh, Leslie W. Stephanie O, you're up next by Reggie O. And Stephanie, did I get the first initial of your last name incorrectly? (laughs) Yeah, it's Stephanie N. That's okay. And thank you very much. Sure, yeah, so Stephanie in Recovered in Kansas. The line that was standing out to me is um, this very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them. Mm-hmm. And I used to feel crippled by fear before my um, spiritual awakening. Um, and it's been over a year that I've been free of that fear. And um, and I have felt so much freedom. And it's in living in the steps in 10, 11, and 12 um, and, you know, doing, going to meetings and outreach and following my food plan and all of that. But about two weeks ago, I felt totally caved in on myself. And I was doing all of the stuff I always do. I was sending my sponsor my food. I was going to my meetings. I was, you know, listening to the meetings I missed on the line. I was doing my outreach, working with my sponsees, doing my 10 and 11 diligently every day. Um and I just felt caved in and I was in self-pity and my problems seemed bigger than me and bigger than my higher power. And I um, realized that I do not have that luxury. I cannot be in self-pity. And I just got on my knees and I begged my higher power to lift me out of that. 
And the next day, well, even that same day, it was just a miracle, the change in my mind, the shift in thinking, and that I wasn't in my self-reliance, that I was back in my higher powers, higher powers reliance, and I wasn't despairing of the problems. I realized, you know what, I can't solve all this, but I trust that my higher power will, and it's all going to work out, and it's going to be okay. And I also realized that I was kind of just doing the same thing every day, every day, every day for the last year. So I recognized that my spiritual program had to increase. So I had to increase my face-to-face meetings and increase my sharing on the line and um, increase my outreach to others. And it has helped so much just to get me out of myself because I cannot stay in the bondage of self. And if if I do, I will not be able to maintain my spiritual awareness and, um, Anyways, with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you very much, Stephanie N. Reggie O, you're up next, followed by Mary H. Hey, thanks, Elaine B. again, and uh, good morning, everybody. This is Reggie O, very gratefully recovered uh, from compulsive eating in the Los Angeles area. Uh, you know, that that also I have underlined, it stood, stood out for me, that on the other hand, and you know, it's, and I guess he could have put, the doctor could have put before the previous paragraph, on the one hand, men and women who do this and go through these, the, the, when the craving develops, go through the stages of a spree looking to food, you know, or drink for ease and comfort. That's on the one hand and repeating that, you know, repeating, repeating over and over and over again, which I have done, you know, the insanity of this time it's going to be different. This time, let me just have this, that, that insanity of that, that whirlwind of living a life like a, like a tornado in some respects with food. And um, so that's the one hand, you know. And then the other hand is the psychic change once the psychic change has occurred. So it's interesting that it, it, if I, I take this as that if, you know, as a real compulsive overeater, which I am, um, then there's there are two hands and the one hand is the one previously in the previous uh, paragraph and the other hand is this one and this one is the you know it, it really speaks to a promise because once the psychic change has occurred so there's this assumption that a psychic change has occurred and it's occurred uh, and is promised to occur uh, by working the 12 steps you know as they're laid out in the big book and that is what he speaks here is the simple rules a few simple rules. And, um, you know, I used to think that uh, I looked for every way possible and, uh, and nothing ever worked. And when I, I can, you know, just listening to people share today, I'd go back, I could go back and look at times in my life, you know, in and out of recovery where I was just seeking, 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 seeking. There was something I was trying to get, you know, I was trying to get away to be abstinent. I was trying to control my, my, my situation. I was trying to, I was very self-conscious and, you know, concerned about what would people think about me. And, um, you know, and it was, what a way, that's not a, I don't, that's not how my creator created me to live, you know, and the, the psychic change is really this beautiful way of, you know, not looking to see what I can get or what I control can control and being run by that to this, there's a, like a deep relaxation inside. Uh, and it's like, really, then, you know, it's what, there's a lot of service, a lot of wanting to, wanting to, wanting to do better, do good, give service, you know, make a difference in the world, not because of what I can get, you know, or not because of 
I guess, yeah, not because of what I can get or what people think about me, because that's where, but because that's where my heart wants to go. And, you know, and yeah, yesterday I was like really, I was irritable a lot of the day yesterday, and I thought, gosh, what's going on, you know. Uh, before, you know, there would have been food, food for ease and comfort, I hear it, and uh, and yesterday, thank you, yesterday there was prayer and a tenth step, which really turned my day around, and um, so we're very grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Oh, thank you very much, Reggie O. Mary H., you're up next, followed by Courtney B. Good morning. This is Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And Elaine, can you hear me clearly? Because yesterday I was cutting in and out terribly. You sound marvelous, Mary. Okay, thank goodness. Good. Well, I just love hearing about this um, the, this sentence, and especially everyone's sort of interpretation of entire psychic change. I listened to the recorded version of the 7 a.m. this morning as well, and just loving um this discussion. So when I was thinking about that term, my first response when I heard it was negative. I thought, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? Entire psychic change. And I think where that came from is that word psychic for me. And I think of mediums and tarot readers and crystal ball gazers. Mary, we lost you for a second here. Mary, could you please press star one to unmute? We may have lost you on the line. We'll give Mary just another minute to come back. And uh, if we don't hear from her, we'll have Courtney B and then double back for Mary. So. Courtney B., will you go ahead and and um, share now, and we'll come back and see what Mary had to say. Oh, and actually, um, you know what, I, Courtney, actually, we have run out of time for today. I'm very sorry to both you and Mary, but um, we'll need to transition now to reading page 164. Thank you for, be, for being willing to share your thoughts, both Mary and Courtney. So... Um, um, and thanks for everybody who, who has shared. We're going to transition the meeting um, by reading the big book, page 164. And I'm going to ask Penny Elsie to please read a vision for you. Thank you, Elaine. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.